Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 53. On this episode, I've got Dan Sullivan from Sullivan Auctioneers. Uh, Dan and I are going to take a look at what happened in the auction market and get his view on where things might be headed. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Casey, and thank you for what you're doing out there with the podcast. It's uh, gaining momentum and uh, it's a great, another great tool that uh, out to these uh, folks dealing with uh, you know, ag iron. Well, I appreciate that, Dan. So before we get started, why don't you give me a little background on yourself and Sullivan Auctioneers? Well, thank you. I'm Dan Sullivan, co-owner of Sullivan Auctioneers, and we're kind of covered, been expanding more and more, seems like almost, you know, monthly we're getting covered in the area, but we're mainly an ag auction company, sell a lot of farm and machinery, also farmland, and just kind of been expanding out in that ag world, I guess, Jason. So I watch a lot of auctions, and, and I like to watch the uh, the auction results. And, and on you guys' webpage, you have uh, all the auction results from all of the auctions that you've done. So um, kind of take a look back here on 2017, and that last quarter of the year is always such an important auction year, and you guys seem to have about an auction every day for about 30 or 40 days in a row. So tell me about the last quarter of the year and, and some of the action you might that you saw there. Well, I think, you know, not only our auctions, Casey, and not only not only auctions in, in general, but, you know, dealers, I think there was a, a spike in, in, in equipment uh, prices. Uh, there seemed to be a, a, a lot of, of, of interest out there, and it's getting wider and wider all the time with, with the social medias out there and, and the Internet bidding. But uh, we definitely saw an increase in, in buyer participation, a lot of, uh, you know, the yields were better kind of than what everybody had thought, and uh, you know the bushels add up to dollars. So I think uh, when it comes to there's still a lot of farmers that need to needed to spend money by the end of the year, and uh, we sure we sure saw the results on the on the sales. They just kind of kept kind of gaining momentum as we got closer to the end of the year, and uh, started out there kind of at a big run. Had a few little smaller sales cases there the first part of uh, November, and then we had a real large sale over there in East Central Illinois, sold a combine for like three hundred. Twenty-two thousand, and, and it's just it's that momentum just kind of kept building. Yep. So, take me through your your marketing process. I think when I you know when I look at a lot of different auction companies, I see the stuff out there. I really like the stuff I get from you guys because it's very descriptive. Um, it's very thorough. I mean, I, I get a lot of great information off of the booklets that you guys send out. So, mm-hmm. when you go through your marketing process, help me understand and kind of walk me through that process of how you guys get to where you, what you're doing. Sure. You know, it, it, kind of touching back there just a, a moment ago, what you mentioned, you know, as far as, as the results, we, we, we pride ourselves on being very transparent. Basically, we put our results right online. You know, not all of our sales are record setting sales, and uh, we, we put them all on there regardless. And uh, as far as our marketing, we, you know, we, we just keep increasing uh, that mailing list, whether it's, you know, to the John Deere dealers in you know, all the United States and, and people that register at our, at our auctions, we say that it's all computerized, and, and we find out, you know, who maybe was the underbidder on on a on an S680 combine. We got another one coming up. We make sure that they have it. We send out an email blast. It's just a combination of, of marketing tools that we feel that when we get ready to start the sale and say, ladies and gentlemen, ready to start the auction, gather around, whether it's on site or online. We feel that that it's it's reached everybody that it needs to reach, and uh, we try to make that online bidding format as easy, buyer friendly as we can. And uh, we've seen that uh, increase 
dramatically on our online bidders. And we still love our on-site buyers, of course. We've never charged a buyer's premium in 40 years. We are on-site buyers. We, you know, we still know they're very valuable. It's just another tool. So I just think a combination of the advertising, the booklets we put out there, the pictures that, that our reps put of each item online, uh, you know, whether whatever state, country you're in, you can click onto that catalog, user-friendly, and, 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 and view that item. Some of them may be better than you view at the live auction. So I think if you could put it out there and describe the equipment, photograph it, that people feel comfortable in bidding on it. And consequently, if, if, if a buyer's uh, potential bidder's comfortable, they're going to give they're going to step up to the plate and, and they're doing their best to try to buy that item. So you talk to you know, end users from you know all over the place, whether it's on the phone, guys calling in from mm-hmm. you know both coasts or the online or the uh, on-site guys you have there. When you talk to them, what are some of the driving factors that you hear from them when they're looking at, at buying a piece of equipment? Well, you know, the, everybody, it, it seems to be case all about, you know, if that item that you're selling, if it has identity, you know, and, and it's, it's just from, you know, a farmer that's farmed next number of years or a farmer retiring or a state, and, and, and they can relate that item to, you know, a particular family, a particular retirement sale in the state or whatever the case may be, we always stress that. And the buyers that call in and ask about the items, we try to give it, you know, to give it identity. And, and, and uh, just make we just try to make those buyers feel more comfortable. And I think the amount of equipment that we've sold and the contacts that we have that they know when they call in that we're going to, and our reps are going to represent it, the, you know, the way it needs to be represented. If something has an issue, we'll tell them it has an issue. We don't try to hide anything. So uh, it kind of goes back to identity, I guess, Casey. So last week or week before last, I think it was week before last, I watched the retirement sale you had, and you and, and something really stood out to me there. Um, there was a 2015 612C John Deere Cornhead sold for 49000 um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the trend I've been paying attention to is that some of this, especially like the 15 model year stuff and older, it seems like there's mm-hmm. a, uh, whatever, whatever the auction value is, especially at the retirement sale, is really kind of a, a retail price. You know, re, and, and the reason I say that is there's some dealers out there that had similar pieces of equipment that had, uh, you know, they were asking less than that piece sold for. So are you seeing similar things to that where you guys have guys coming to you and say, hey, you know, I've seen my the same thing at my, my local dealer and I want to see what this one brings or, or or I'm more interested in the one here. I mean, do you see some kind of a correlation between the two? Yeah, we do. You know, going back to that cornhead, Casey, it was a, you know, 15 model 612C, you know, it was a you know, nice, nice cornhead. The neighbor actually bought the combine and knew it. And the combine, it was an S680, it was loaded up, you know, four-wheel drive, it's pro drive. Uh, it had, uh, you know, the hydraulic feeder house platform tilt, not all had that, power bit, fold in extension, you know, brings 222,000. And just a lot of activity on that. And, and the neighbor bought it, and then consequently he turned around and, and bought the cornhead for 49,000. He knew that equipment, he knew the combine head. And, and there was a lot, a, quite a bit of activity online on that head. So it's, it's going back to, you know, these retirement sales and that, that have some legitimacy to it. And, and, it just, and the, the blood of machinery, I think that it's, it's, it's moved through that, that, that channels. So I don't think there's a, as much of it available as there was when it was all kind of thrown out there in the market. I know, you know, a good friend of yours and mine, Casey, uh, 
know, Zach Heiner sold that so we sold that, that tractor out there in Indiana for a hundred thousand. Yeah. It just got everybody buzzing. But it just yeah. goes back to these, you know, legitimate retirement auctions that, you know, has some little clout behind it. So you you've been in the auction business for forty years. Uh, you've probably seen mm -hmm. so many different things to come and go and different trends and what have you. Not uh, the online part of the of the business now is getting to be such a big part of it. Um, I watch a lot of sales where there'll be maybe a thousand bidders, and some days there might be eight hundred of them on, at the site and two two hundred of them online, and there might be two hundred of them on site and eight hundred of them online the next one you go to. So. Um, mm -hmm. But the machinery still sells for the same, you know, there's not, there's no, I can't really tell a correlation between, you know, the online bid price versus the on-site bid price. So, um, no, I don't think so either. It's, 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 you know, it's that piece of equipment that they're after. Mm -hmm. A lot of them in today's world, Casey, they feel comfortable bidding online. I mean, especially if they're dealing with a reputable auction company that, that's going to put the information out there. And I don't think there's anybody putting any more information out there than, than we do. Because we want them to be, you know, aware of, of all the options, serial numbers, you know, several photos. So, yeah, I think, you know, they feel as comfortable getting online as they do live. Right. I think a lot of people feel that way today. So, how, how looking out into the future here, um, how much of your business do you think will be completely geared towards the Internet versus completely geared towards the, I was called dog and pony show, you know, the whole... The whole event part of a live auction. Do you, do you feel like that that live part of that that event part of the auction will always be there, or do you think it'll slowly transition into basically the internet is is where the the dog and pony Casey, show is going to that, happen? That's, that's a, Casey, that's a question we get asked. I'm going to say, if not daily, we sure get it asked three or four times a week. You know, what do you think? What do you think? I, you know, I still, I'm a little old fashioned from the old fashioned school. I still think a, a live auction is is hard to beat. I don't think that's ever going to be, you know, disregarded totally. Uh, you, you take an auction like we were just talking about, the, you know, the, the Cornet at 49000 we sold a, you know, 9560 RT, where they did have the high-flow hydraulic system and 1,000 PTO. You don't see a lot of them on it. You know, 210000 I think Machine would be commented, the highest one in 13 months. I, I think those legitimate retirement auctions that have a full line from A to Z, and there's not a gap in it, combined with on you know live on, on, online bidding and you get you have the best of both worlds i think it's hard to beat i also think that the online only uh, auctions where maybe there's not <coughs> excuse me a, a, a full line and there's some there's maybe some holes in it where it doesn't justify an on you know a full you know on on site auction Sometimes uh, maybe the, the the place to hold it, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't justify handling three or four or five hundred people. So I, I think the online only is going to continually grow. I think it's going to get bigger. I think if we talk a month from now or two years from now, we're going to say, hey, remember that conversation we had? Dan, look at it now. I, I think the online is going to continually get bigger. Casey, I, I, I still like a light auction, you know in conjunction with live internet bidding, but there's a place for both of them. I don't think they're competitors. I don't think a live auction, you know, is in competition with an online only. I think there's two different platforms and, and, and two different, you know, type of type of auctions. Every farmer out there, I don't care who it is, every farmer listening to your podcast, every one of them, or they have something to sell, and maybe they don't have enough for their own sales. So 
you know, the, the online's a powerful tool, and I think it's going to continually get, you know, to, to get to get better as, as we go down the line. So in December, I went to your uh, to that Sinclair auction up there, and that was a that was a big sale. I mean, I hadn't been to sell for like that like that in a long time with that amount of, of inventory on it, and and mm-hmm. what it was. So when you the one thing that's that's important about the auction and all the ones I've watched and, and, and seen in person and everything else is is the way the auction line is lined up and and you guys do something unique that I don't see a lot of other folks doing and that's you know you'll have 12 15 combines and some row crop tractors and everything else but you do a really good job of breaking stuff up and putting them in between how important is that to to the the function of the sale and 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 over your years how has that how has that um, evolved for you Excellent question, Casey Seymour. Excellent question. You know, typically when we, we'd have a, a machine with inventory reduction auction or even, a, or even a large consignment auction we have here at our facility in Hamilton, Illinois, often we'd line up, you know, a row of combines and you might head down a row, you know, 15 or 20 high dollar combines. And that thing that gave it doesn't just kind of start out good and, and, and you, you you kind of stumble a little bit and, and everybody, it's kind of an emotional thing. They kind of think, oh, shit, what's going on here? And then the next one's a little tougher. And, We've just found out, and I'm kind of going back to we've got some of the outstanding reps, Casey, but, uh, you know, Zach Heiner uh, out of Indiana was one that kind of fits that to us. He said, you know what, I think we had a sale there in August, you know, a few years back, and had them combines lined up, and it was just, it got just a little tough. And he said, I think maybe guys will kind of break those up and sell a couple combines, and then something else kind of gives a, a farmer or, you know, somebody, you know, time to think, regroup, and then come back with it. So it, it it's just, it's really worked out well. It, it's like any business. You, you got to be, uh, you know, you got to adapt to change. And uh, sometimes, you know, people don't want to change. And it, it's, it, that, that Sinclair sale, you know, working for great people, you know, the Sinclair family is just is quite a story in, its, in itself there. But, uh, you know, we went up to meet with those folks and they said, you know what, we're, you know, we're, we're going to hire you, you guys to do this sale. You set it up the way that you think the kind of does the best money. That's what we called you. So, you know, they put trust in us to do it, and uh, it, it was a, a strong sale. And, and, and we really feel that the that the absolute is is really works in our book. You know, some people may not be for, but when we put the word absolute on a sale, on a dealer sale, it's absolute. And uh, I think everybody feels more comfortable in bidding that way. And, and so mixing it up, it's just it's really worked well doing that, Casey. Yeah, I think the absolute auction, in my opinion, is really the only way to go, whether you're selling something or whether you're buying something, um, especially in my position where I'm at. I only want to watch absolute auctions because if it's not absolute, there's some reserve or whatever it might be. I don't know if that machine sold. I don't know who bought it and they may have bought it back. I mean, there's all kinds of games that get played at that point. And like you said, that transparency is so important. So looking back over your 40 years of doing this, has has your opinion ever changed of 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 the absolute auction versus the reserve auction. I mean, have you always had that same, been in that um, absolute camp, or have you have you kind of gone both ways there and then decided, like, you know what, I think this is where we're at? Yeah, we, we used to, you know, Casey, years ago when we had, we kind of started out, when we started having our machinery auctions, we would allow sellers, you know, to, to protect their item. And and we did, did, did it that way for quite a while. And then we just got, it just seemed to us that so often after a sale, somebody would come up and say, well, you know, now uh, I decided I will go ahead and take, you know, 100000 for that, you know, tractor. 
and and then can you get a hold of the people that were bidding on it and, 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 and tell them it's not available? Well, it's a little embarrassing to call up somebody and say, hey, guess what? Uh, the owner was bidding against you on that item, but now they'll take it. And most of the time, the response is, as you can imagine, Kate, it's not, it's not good. So we just didn't feel it was fair for an owner, ethically, to stand there and bid it on his own item and, and run it up on somebody. So we decided to really change and probably did it even on the, you know, sometimes we'd have a retirement sale where the guy said, well, and, and this has happened recently. Someone will say, well, we, we had a sale up in Iowa, Casey, that uh, had a, 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 rare, a rare old uh, four-wheel drive uh, 7588 uh, tractor. And uh, this, this gentleman was retiring, and he said, listen, this tractor's rare. And uh, he said, I know you guys are absolute. I know you, you're absolute. And I was talking to Machine Repeat about it. And there was a couple sold up in Canada for 90 and 120. And this tractor was not near as nice. And uh, and he said, you know, I, I'm going to go ahead. I'll absolute everything on the sale. But he said, that tractor, so I really don't want to absolute it. And I said, well, then just don't put it on. I said, we'll still do your sale. Stanley. I said, don't put that tractor on. He said, are you serious? He said, you, you got a chance to sell the tractor up for it's at 100000 it wasn't on commission. What do you have to lose? I said, it's not all about the money, Stanley. I said, if we put that tractor on, it's going to sell absolutely whatever it brings. But I said, you don't have to put it on. I mean, we don't force people. You know, you have to do If you're not comfortable, then this isn't. This game's not for you. Just don't put it on. And he said, man, you're pretty confident about that. I said, we're not going to take a chance promoting that thing, whether it's through your deal case or through machine repeat or what. And promote it all over the place and, and the social media world and the auction's over and well they find out the tractor didn't sell. So we put it on, of course, tractor brings hundred and fifty two thousand, you know, blew all records away. It so we haven't always done it, but we are I mean, when we say absolute, I don't care who it is, what it is, it could be our own mother putting you know, putting something on sale. It's absolute. And and I think going to a sale is just going back to what you said, you know, you like to listen to the ones and go to the results that are that are you know, true auction prices, true you know, sales, and, and that's the way ours are. And, you know, there's not a lot of them that way, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's sure working for us, and, and we're consistently selling stuff, I think is, I'm not saying better than anybody, but we're sure set with, we're right up there towards top on the results, and uh, I think the people come to our auctions, whether live or participating online, that they know there's no shenanigans and, and the stuff's going to sell. So it, it's, it's, it's really been a... It's really worked well in our business, Casey. When when you are out right now and you're looking at some equipment that you have that comes across there, machine condition is always such an important part of what happens in an auction. Mm-hmm. Whether mm-hmm. you know, and but moreover, it's how it's described. So right now, the machinery that you have that you're looking at, how much of it would you say is that seven, eight, nine, you know, out of ten stuff, and how much of it is you know? Five or less. I mean, it seems like I'm looking at auctions. It seems like there's a lot of great stuff being sold right now. Yeah, I think so. And, and I, what, what, I guess I kind of put it back to you, Casey. Don't you think in today's world that a lot of those farmers, you know, that maybe didn't update and, and retired, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago, and now you have this this other clientele of, of, of you know more technology and, and Bigger farmers farming, you know, more acres. So I think when you do have a sale, you don't have those, you know, sales of, you know, 
sensor equipment and stuff. I mean, it just seems like there's just a lot of nice equipment out there. And I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get sales where there'll be equipment tougher, but uh, I think the caliber sales out there and, and, and the farmers that are that are still farming and, and then retiring have just, I, I guess I would say that, you know, probably 85 or 90 percent of the sales are not only our sales, but if you follow other ones, it's, it's just some really powerful lines of equipment out there. And, uh, it, uh, it's, it's going back, you know, to it. It's, the stuff's equipped and it's clean and it's legitimate and it's comfortable. They're going to, they're, they're, they're going to step up to the plate and, and we all know what new stuff costs. Yep. One other thing too, I've noticed a lot at, at the auctions and you can always tell which guys really go out of their way to promote the auction and, and get, like you say, you know, transparency as much as possible at that Sinclair auction. When you had it there, Bob Sinclair is up there with you driving around and he was reading off all the different stuff that, that they'd done to some of that stuff. Can you monetize that? I mean, do you think that was, is that something that you think was that brought maybe an extra five or 10% value to the machine just because of what he was reading off there? I would say what, what Bob Sinclair did in Sigourney, Iowa, with all his stores, he, he that, that that man he planned it out. He called down here. We went up to meet, sat down, and he he said, "Okay," made a deal right then and there. He the same evening got a hold of all these stores and all the all these people that are in sales and had everybody you know get, get him the details on all this equipment because there's no way Bob could keep track of all that with the main stores he has. I think when he sat up there. And he had his book, and he was prepared. He speaks very, very well, and, and people respect him. I'd say, Casey, that could have helped that sale at least 10% having him up there telling about each item. Absolutely. And I think that's, that was a very smart move on, on Bob Sinclair's part. That was the first time, you know, normally there. I've been to plenty of auctions where they had the different um, – work orders and those kind of things in the cab you can go up and read through them and what have you you know and they were always there for a little bit that was the first one where i'd actually listen to a guy read them and the impact that yeah, had when he was reading across there, i was like man well that's that, that's things ready to go you know I mean, yeah. Just, yeah. They, heard, they heard it right from they heard it right from bobby and, and like i say the whole sinclair family you know his father and and and, and, and the size of family they have and, and the success all they've done so when, when you have somebody like Bob Sinclair sitting up there and telling about every single item, uh, powerful, you know, yeah. that's just, that's, that's priceless. That's priceless. Yeah. So what do you have coming up here in the next, you know, 30 or so days that you, that you want to throw up to people, let them know, let them know what, what you might uh, have coming up. It's, it, you know, we, we, our, our big run case has always been, you know, we kind of think, you know, that, you know, when, when you, once you have a sale, we always kind of promoted, you know, mid-November on to the end of the year. And uh, that we have coming up the biggest run of sales that we've ever had in, in 40 years for, you know, January, you know, which is now over, you know, into February and March. So just, you know, got, got, got Zach Heiner out in Colorado uh, right now. He's not even home yet, you know, booking a sale. We start there. A large sale up at uh, Clutier, Iowa, coming up on the 9th of February, then the 10th. We have one up south of Chicago. And then a large harvester sale out in Blue Rapids, Kansas, and uh, has, uh, you know, three late model combines and just a just a powerful line of equipment for a great family. And we go out on the East Coast out by Delaware and sell uh, just kind of a, a medium size 
in a retirement auction, but there's three brothers out there that's farmed, you know, all their lives and developments kind of taken over and they sold out. And then we go down by Burnt Prairie, Illinois, in Southern Illinois for, a, for one of the nicest case I ate lines of equipment. I think that's on February 21st. And we're back up in Iowa on the 23rd and, and, uh, over in Missouri on, on, start out March 1st with a, with a, with a large sale there. It's got a 13 model 8335R. I think there's two of them on that sale. And, uh, you know, all these sales are available at our website at SullivanAuctioneers.com. But just a, a really, and we're adding sales, uh, getting calls daily. I think there's going to be kind of a rush of sales there. And, uh, you know, the, and, and I think March is going to be real busy. Yeah. So, they can find you at Sullivan Auctioneers, and I know you guys have some uh, social media stuff. What what are what are those? Uh, what are those? Where can they find you at on social media? I guess. Well, we're, we're of course, uh, you know, our, our website is easy. You know, it's just www.sullivanauctioneers.com, and and our, our you know this young generation, I call them young generation. My my son Michael and my two nephews Luke and Matt that kind of specialize in the farm machinery and James and. They, you know, they're on Facebook and and, and, and Twitter and, and all that, you know, social media stuff, and it's all available on our website at the top of our website. You can click on any of those links and, you know, and follow along. But uh, there's a lot going on, and and we have some pretty ex- exciting uh, things that that, uh, that that are coming our way that'll be, you know, announced before too long too. That'll that'll have a lot going on, Casey. And like I say, I appreciate all you do. This is great what you're doing, and and the people are following it, and it's a great tool for not only dealers, but uh, individuals that, uh, that that follow your podcast. I think it's great. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Well, I think we've covered most of it here. Um, Dan, do you have any last words you'd like to say before we shut it down? I don't think so, uh, Casey. Just uh, keep, keep up what you're doing and, 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 and make sure that your listeners, that they tell somebody else about it. And, and I think the more – uh, things that can be put out there and where, where farmers and dealers can follow along. I think it's, it's, it's you know, the best for everybody involved. And, uh, you know, we're, we're all in this thing together. And uh, just uh, keep it up and, uh, you know, hope, hope to see it. You know, hope to see some of your listeners, uh, you know, at, at one of our auctions to come up and say hi to us. Well, that'd be awesome. Okay, well, I think that's going to do it for this edition of the Moving Iron Podcast. I'd like to thank Dan for being a guest in this episode. Remember, if you'd like to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC, or you can find me on LinkedIn. You can also send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at Moving Iron Moving Iron LLC has a website you can visit, movingironllc.com. Here you can find information for the 2018 Moving Iron Summit in Las Vegas, past and current episodes of the Moving Iron Podcast, and articles from Moving Iron Blog. Throughout the year, there'll be guest bloggers writing on various topics from their point of view. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe to your favorite podcasting platform. If you shop Amazon, please use the Amazon click-through at movingironllc.com. It won't cost you anything, and you'll have the same experience you're accustomed to while supporting the podcast. You can find this podcast at iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. So until next time, let's go move some iron. This is Casey Seymour, out.